Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, or afternoon. If you're in Hawaii, it's still afternoon. This is Phyllis Burson, and tonight we are going to talk about memory and improving your memory. And this is being presented by the Washington Ear, which is a radio reading service in in Washington, D.C. And as I said, I'm Phyllis Burson, and uh, hosting is Linda Zacks, right? Zacks. Yes, sorry. uh It's all right. (laughs) And streaming is Doug. And Terry Pacheco is also here. I don't know if you're hosting Terry also, co-host. So... I'm glad that uh, you all remembered to tune in tonight. And uh, any time that you have questions or comments, I certainly uh, would like you to speak up whenever you have something you would like to say or ask. There's a lot to know about memory. And um, let me just start by talking about our memory a little bit and how it works. Phyllis, can I just interrupt you for a second? Can I do the raise hands and mute and unmute step before you start? Okay. (laughs) All right. Since we're asking you to please raise hands. Yeah. Okay. Please raise your hand if you have a question or a comment. And the way to do that on the PC is Alt-Y. On the (laughs) Mac, it's Option-Y. On your smartphone in the lower right-hand corner, there's a more button. You'll find raise hand under there. And on the phone, it is star nine. You're playing landline. To mute and unmute, and please stay muted unless you're talking. The um, command for the PC is Alt-A. The command on your Mac is Shift-Option-A. In the lower left-hand corner of your smartphone, there's a mute and unmute button. And on your phone, it is star six. And those are toggles. So whatever you do, if you do it again, it'll undo your action. All right. So go ahead, Phyllis. I just Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. So we are learning and putting things into our memory every minute during the day. And what happens first is that whatever we perceive or see or hear or feel goes into short-term memory, and that is really pretty short-term. It can only stay in your memory maybe up to about 15 seconds, which is really very short. And any kind of sensory thing you, you feel or see or touch goes in there, but there is a big part of what goes into our memory that we aren't even conscious of. We don't know it. You know, you don't keep track of your breathing. You don't keep track of what temperature you're feeling all the time or the feeling of your body against your chair as you're sitting there or your feet when you're standing. But all that is coming in as information and only stays there for a very, very short time. And then after that time, it goes into, it either is lost or it goes into getting ready to get consolidated and get into long-term memory. Now, there's another kind of memory, which is short-term also, which is working memory. That's 
what you're paying attention to, like if you're working on something, you're thinking, you're planning, you're going to take a trip and you're planning that trip, or you're doing a math problem, you're figuring out your budget, all those kinds of things are what's called working memory. Now, uh, as we get, when, when we're babies and children, we don't really, as, as you may know, you don't remember anything until perhaps you were three or four. Some people say they remember things when they were one or two, but they're very fleeting memories because we don't have language to put into our memory. We can't really learn things and keep them in our memories until we learn to talk and understand language better. And as you grow up, your language gets more complex and your memories improve. And I'm sure all of you can remember, you know, whatever your first memories were, but they're very fleeting. They, they're not, uh, they're called episodic. They're, they just last for a short time. Oh, I remember one time when I was in my baby bed and this happened, but you can't remember the whole flow. So as we grow up, our memories get stronger and we get also the ability to have abstract memories, to think not just concretely, but you know, do, do all sorts of things like geometry and physics and so forth. Then when you're about 25 or so, your memory is pretty much fully developed. And you're actually at the height of your abilities when you're maybe between 25 and 30. And unfortunately, it's kind of downhill after that, slowly, but which is okay because we still have a good deal of intellectual understanding and memory and so forth. But as you get older, your memory does get less efficient over time in in rather slow way. So, and one of the things that you may have questions about tonight is how you keep your memory better as time goes on. So anytime you have any kind of questions like that or anything else. Um, now, one thing that is true is that when you're trying to learn something, is it better to try to learn to study for a long period of time or to study for shorter periods of time and take breaks? I don't know if you what you think about that, but the answer is it's actually better if you're trying to learn something new, whether that be uh, information about the world or a new card game or anything. It's better if you work on it for a while and then you take a break. Actually, if you even if you take only a 10-minute break and go rest, you you actually are learning better than if you don't stop than if you just keep, keep working on it. And the reason for that is this. When we learn something, it, our memory, part of it, not, not all of it, but part of it is located in the area called the hippocampus in our brain. And the hippocampus has only so much space in it. So uh, it gets full. At least that's what we think. And when it gets full, then, you know, you really can't take in more. And if you take a rest, then some of the information that's in your hippocampus gets started on its way to be turned into long-term memory 
and it gets makes more space in the hippocampus for new information. So it's like, you know, filling up a gallon of water. You don't want to overfill it because you really can't. So it's better to take breaks. And you actually improve your memory if you take such breaks. So when we, when we were in school, or those of you who are still in school or try to take a class, it is better, for example, if you study and then go to sleep because sleep is a very long rest. And during sleep, sleep is not just passive and your brain isn't doing anything. Your brain is very busy while you are sleeping. And it is taking those things that you have learned or experienced during the day, and it is turning them into long-term memories, which will, some of them will last a long time. Okay, um, what about forgetting? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? There are a few people in this world who have so many things in their memory that they can't forget. There was a Russian who was studied for a very long time, many years by a psychologist who really could not forget. And he could, he learned um, many pages full of random numbers. And he learned poetry in other languages that he didn't even understand. But this poetry was written in his mind. And his mind was so full of junk that it got in the way of his everyday living. And he actually, over time, then tried to get rid of some of these memories and tried different things. And finally, he settled on pretending that his mind was like a chalkboard and that he was going to empty that chalkboard and erase it. And that helped him to forget certain things that, you know, so his mind wasn't so overloaded. So forgetting can be bad, but thank goodness we forget certain things. <clears throat> I, um, I am a psychologist and I do psychotherapy. And one of the clients that I have had has said to me, okay, on September 22nd of 1988, so-and-so said X to me. And he can remember dates and what people said to him. Unfortunately, what he remembers is mostly negative about him. And uh, But my point is that he has that kind of memory. And well, who knows whether it's completely accurate, but they have done studies of people who say that they can remember things like that from many years ago. And they found that they're really pretty accurate. <clears throat> I remember when I was Growing up, I went to the School for the Blind for some years, and there was a girl there who was actually uh, mentally uh, retarded, but she had one of these memories that she could remember certain things. And I saw her many years later, and she said to me something like this. On January 20th in whatever year, you were wearing blue because that was stuck in her memory. Now, many other things were not stuck in her memory, which would have been good. So, <clears throat> but we all forget many things. I mean, think about this, for example. Okay, today is Thursday evening. Now, you may know what you had for lunch today, but do you know what you had for lunch last Thursday 
or last Friday or what time you ate breakfast on those days or what you ate, unless you ate the exact same breakfast every day, you probably don't remember those things. And it's not important that you remember those things. So forgetting is actually, in many ways, a good thing. Let me just ask, are there any raised hands at this point, Linda? No, there's not. Okay. If anybody has any questions or any comments, please be sure to, uh, you know, raise your hand. Okay. <clears throat> so when we do learn something or when we experience something, we forget at the beginning, we forget fairly quickly. Um, if you hear about, uh, if when you were back in school and you learned something, actually you learned a high, you, you forgot a fairly high percentage of it fairly quickly. Or when we hear the news, we do remember certain things, but, but we do forget a lot. And you forget uh, because what happens is, one of the things that happens is that going from your short-term memory to your long-term memory, sometimes it doesn't even make it because uh, the, the, uh, it isn't strong enough in your short-term memory. It doesn't matter that much to get into your long-term memory. And then sometimes it gets in there, but it, it isn't strong enough. The connections are too weak, so it doesn't really last in there. So, so Phyllis, can I ask a question? Sure. Um, so I, I've often accused my husband of not remembering something that wasn't important to him. And is, you know, is, there, is there a piece of that where if it's not important to someone, they don't remember as well as if it meant something to them? Yes, that is certainly true. If, if it has meaning, you will remember it much more than if it doesn't have meaning. Um, and in fact, one of the ways to try to remember things is to add meaning to them, to give them meaning. Now, a lot of everyone forgets certain things. I don't know, have any of you gone into a room and you can't remember why you went there? Has that mm -hmm. happened to anybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And partly that is because when we decide that we're going to go in, let's say, and get our pencil or whatever we're going to get, we aren't paying that much attention to it. In order to really remember things, you have to start by paying attention. And we think, oh, I'll go get that. Or I'll, but then our mind is somewhere else as we're walking into the room and so forth. And then we say, what on earth am I doing here in this room? And then often we remember what it is. But actually, sometimes, if you can't remember why you came into a room, going back into the original room will help you remember because that's where you were when you, when you first thought of, of doing this. And these kinds of things happen to everyone. So if that happens to you, don't start worrying, oh, I'm losing my memory, because these are just very common things that happen to everyone. Um, there's, there's another thing that happens to a lot of people, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this also. You think of somebody 
you, you're trying to think of somebody's name, for example, and you don't, you can't think of it. It's on the tip of your tongue. You know, you know it, right? Has that ever happened? Yeah, of course. To you, Linda? Oh, absolutely. Especially the older I get. Happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. And, and um, you know, you know it. And sometimes you will say to yourself, okay, I know that starts with a P or an M. Or maybe you know it has two syllables, but you can't think of it. And what's happened there is, again, you don't have enough associations with that. Um, for example, let's say you go into, uh, you meet somebody new, and they say their name, and you say your name, and then uh, maybe they even, maybe you even ask them to repeat it, but maybe their name is, let's say, James or something. And then three minutes later, you can't remember their name. And that's a very common thing because what kind of meaning does the name James have to you? Not, not unless you're married to somebody named James or you have a son or something. Um, it's just a name. And so one of the things that will help us to remember things like that is that when it is going on, when you're meeting somebody new, to try to make some association with that name um, uh, and, and make it, okay, let's say their name is, is Baker, okay, and there, there's a thing that they talk about sometimes, the Baker-Baker phenomenon, okay. And if you meet somebody named Baker, if you want to try to remember their name, then perhaps you can think of them as a baker, as somebody who, you know, works as a baker. Imagine, imagine what you think of as a baker. If you can see, you might want to think of them with wearing a white apron or carrying a loaf of bread or something like that. Um, if you have never been able to see it or blind completely, then you might think about the smell of bread or, or how it would feel if you touched the bread that's in their hand, or something like that. But making up, and also, if you make up an image that is different, that is maybe funny, that is unusual, or also that has them in motion. For example, let's say this person is named Baker. And uh, just as an example, you might imagine that this person is wearing a white apron and standing on a big stool, standing on one foot, holding this uh, loaf of bread up in the air and bringing it down and up, down and up. Something that really is different and unusual but will help you remember it because it's, because it's different. Maybe they're doing jumping jacks while they're standing on the stool, something that, that puts them in motion also. Okay. All right. Um, I would like to know if anybody's had any experiences they would like to talk about. And I get uh, somebody to let me know whether what I'm saying relates to what you know or what you want to know. Somebody please speak up, okay? 
So okay, so raise your hands and I'll call on you, please. Ah, okay. Beth, looks like you're first. Um, well, I have a question for you and I have a kind of an experience. Good. Like there, there was this friend of mine, his last name was Koval, C-O-V-A-L. And the way I remembered his name was that it sounds like those cobalt treatment treatments that they used to give you. Right, right. That was a good thing. That was a good yeah. way to remember. And um, and one thing right. I want to know yes, too making is, association okay, like with some, it is a, is a way. Right, yeah, association with it. Something I would like to know, like something in your past. Say, why does do I remember stuff that my mom? or someone in the family did, I remember it differently than my daughter does. And it was the same exact event. And, um, you know, why each person seems to remember it differently for some reason. Why do you and remember I would like to know why, why does that happen like that? That actually is very common because, uh, first of all, our memories are not that reliable. We think they are. Actually, we're pretty convinced if we have a memory of something and like, you know, your daughter or someone different has a different memory, we're pretty convinced that we're right. Is that right, Beth? You think you... Yes. You think you're correct? And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yes. Okay, but... Uh, our well, a couple of things happen. First of all, when when we store a memory, which we do in the long-term memory, and then we bring it back, we often change it without realizing it. We change that memory depending on maybe who we're with, what someone else says, or what we're thinking about at that time. And... So, actually, this is one of the problems they have in courts, because if if you if people report accidents, for example, and two or three people see the same accident, they will report often very different things, like how many cars were involved. They may they may differ. Which car ran into the other car? How many people were around? What did people say? Because our memories just are not as good as we think they are. And even for very significant things, they, they ask a bunch of people who had watched or who had been around when 9-11 uh, uh, took place. They ask them what they were doing at that time. And then they, they ask them immediately, you know, that the next day or something, what they were doing the day before. Then they came back. And remember, this is a very significant memory. Then they came back two and a half years later, and they asked those same people what they were doing, and they got some of them were correct, but a number of them really gave incorrect answers to that. And not only did they give, they give incorrect answers, but they were very sure that this is what they've been doing. So actually, our memories are not perfect. And part of that, as I said, is because... When you bring back a memory, you often change it, not realizing that you're doing it, but you're saving it then in a, in a different 
way. So that's often what happens. So Phyllis, would you say it might be a good idea? Let's say if you are are have witnessed or have been involved in an accident, as an example, then maybe you go home and write down what happened at that particular time in case you are involved in a, a court case so that you have the notes from that? That would be a very good idea, yes, yes. Because our contemporary memories are better than our long-term memories. That is absolutely Okay. So you do have idea. another hand when so you're ready for it. that would be a it. good idea. And, and, pardon me? You have a hand, another hand when you're ready for it. Okay, sure. We're ready. Les, you may unmute. Hi there. Hi. Um, Phyllis, I, I appreciate what you're I appreciate what you're saying about trying to associate um, something to remember it. I know I have a lot of difficulty uh, with names. And if uh, I haven't had that much contact with an individual, I tend to forget the next time I come in contact with them who they are. My frustration, though, I always was so good remembering phone numbers. And now that I've gotten older, and a good example happened to me this morning, somebody gave me a phone number, and before I had a chance to write it down, I forgot it. Uh -huh. I, just, I just didn't have enough time to get to it. So I'm wondering if you have any suggestions about that. And my other question relates to, we hear so much about these supplements like Prevagen, and I'm wondering what you think about that, if that has any value. Um, we hear about it, I, you know, we hear testimonials, but... I don't know whether to believe those or not. Yes. Well, okay, let's talk about the phone number first. Um, did you have a chance to say to that person, I need you to repeat it? I could have. I didn't do that. I, yeah. I might have asked them once, actually. I might have asked them, but it just didn't stay. It just didn't stick. Right. Well, first of all, um, one thing that help there are, there are a couple things that help. One thing that helps is to immediately after they say it, to say it over to yourself, either say it aloud or whisper it, to repeat it. If you mm -hmm. repeat something, that keeps it in your short-term memory while you're repeating it. And then, I mean, do you have an opportunity, do you have a place? is another thing that you can immediately write things down as soon as you can. Yes. Because, because, you know, having some way, there's nothing wrong with writing down all these things we need to remember as soon as Yes, I write things down can. constantly. Um, and, uh, pardon? What? I was, just, I was just saying, I write things down constantly. I have yes. files on a computer. I keep, like, passwords I can't remember those. Um, and I, I find that the best way for me to handle it is I have a little file on my computer and I just write things down, what they relate to, so that I can go back to it later. Oh, I can't remember all my passwords either. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean if, if you make different passwords, how can you? So, I try you know, not to. <laughs> it, I, have, uh, I have all mine written down in Braille. So I figure okay. then... People who don't read Braille can't get them, I said to myself. Okay. But, okay, so another thing about phone numbers, but this isn't immediate, is that if you can kind of put some of the numbers together, uh, they call that chunking. Like if, if, I mean, if you probably know 
your own area code. So you can just take that as a kind of given if it's your same area code or if it's 888 number. But then let's say there's a 48 in the telephone number. You can think of, well, when I grew up, there were 48 states. <laughs> there aren't any more. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you can double up numbers uh, like that. But, but the best thing when you're hearing a new number is to repeat it out loud or whisper it until you get it on somehow in your computer or on paper. There's no way we can remember all these random numbers if you can't do that. You know. Okay, that's um, helpful. And then my and, other question was about the, the privacy. Yeah, right, about the supplements. Okay, well, you know, there is so much about different supplements, and I am not an expert in supplements. I do think that, uh, and, and from what I read, the best thing to do is to have a good basic diet. And either, you know, what they, what's, they say these days is the Mediterranean diet or the MIND diet or one of the DASH diet. One of those diets to, is healthy. And whether or not supplements are helpful, I really do not know. But they're, they're very expensive often and they're kind of fad. Yes. And so I tend to not take supplements. Besides, it's better for you if you eat regular foods because they have nutrients in them that we don't even know about. They're mixtures, you know, of, yes, you're, you, but uh, there are some useful things to help your memory. One of them is antioxidants, which you get in vegetables of various colors and fruits and, and nuts and uh, you know, good. You you need to get good oils like fish oil, and so or like fish. You know, the oils, the um, omega threes that you get from fish, all that. Uh, so my own focus is to try to eat a pretty good diet. Nobody's perfect, but another thing to say about uh, what you eat and drink, and this is really uh, interesting. People who during middle age drink three or four cups of coffee have less, considerably less Alzheimer's when they're older. Really? Yes. Wow. And they don't know whether it's the caffeine in the coffee or the antioxidants in the coffee, but something in, something in there hmm. is protective. Do you think decaf works this as well? Um, also, now, you, you hear various things, I know. The latest things that I have read say that, uh, from memory experts, say that red wine is not protective of memory as you get older. There's something called resveratrol in red wine, which people were thinking is protective, but the problem is that alcohol, when you're older, is really not good for your brain and not good for your heart at the same time. So it's actually better not to be drinking when you're, when you're older. It's going to be protective of your memory. 
Another interesting thing, which we can't really do much about, but is that if you have, as you get older, if you have arthritis, that is protective against Alzheimer's. Uh, for some reason, uh, such inflammatory diseases like arthritis are protective. We can't stop that, but at least we can feel better if we have arthritis and say, okay, I guess it has some value. So, um, okay. Are there any other hands at this point? Yes, and I'm going to just say something here. We have a very interesting phenomenon happening here, and you probably are not aware of it, but every so often we're getting a pause in your speech. Interestingly enough, it does continue from where you left off, but it's like the internet. I'm getting a pause a when I hear other people. Okay, so no, I, I think it's something about my computer because I'm getting a pause when I hear other people also. Okay, so that's that's why sometimes we're talking over each other, I think. And I just wanted to make I you see. aware of that. So Okay, I appreciate that. I okay. can't I can't help there's no, it. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. It just was an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Okay, um let's see. Sandy, you may unmute. Sandy. Hi. Hi. So nice. I'm so glad you're having this. I can't tell you how happy I am. Um, but, oh, one of the things when you were talking about remembering people's names, uh, what I would do if I'm meeting them like not, you know, where I don't have a paper or pencil or something to write it down, what I'll do is I'll, if it's an unusual name, and a lot of times people have unusual names now that you I've never heard of before. And then I'll say, oh, and then I'll I'll ask him again. Then I said, could you spell that for me? And then I kind of like write it in the air, like I'm writing with my finger up in the air. And that seems to kind of more uh, solidify it for me. Um, and I that seems to help. That was all. Well, that's a very that's a very good idea. See, that is that falls into repetition because you are repeating it and you're adding meaning and the spelling then is different and you're giving it some context and that will help you to remember it. Yes. And then maybe you can write it down later. Some people worry that if they uh, don't remember things and you know how you try to remember a certain name or something and you think, okay, uh, I just should do this to strengthen my memory. But you don't, you're not hurting your memory if you then say you can't think of some actor's name or something or musician. It, you look it up on Google. You're not, you're not harming anything. You're just actually reinforcing it because you're saying it again. And that's another thing. It is really true. Use it or lose it, so that if we want to remember things about our past, it's a good idea to bring them up once in a while and think about them, even though, as we've said, you're, you, it changes the memory maybe to some extent, but still you have that memory. You, the memory of your past life is put into different places in your mind than the memory of facts that you have learned. So, so there are two different kinds of memory. And one thing I'll say, you know, there are problems as we get older, uh, several problems with memory, but there are two good things that happen as we get older. One is we have more world knowledge. We have more understanding of the world in general as we get older. That's one thing. We usually have a better, there are actually three, 
we actually have a better vocabulary than we had when we are younger. And the third thing is that as you get older, you are more able to manage your emotions and sort of control your emotions. Uh, So there are some positivities as you get older. Okay, any hands? Uh Uh-huh, Pam, coffee, speaking of coffee. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh, we yes. always we always tease Pam. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Well, hopefully I will not be developing Alzheimer's because I do have to have my coffee. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I have a, a question and a comment. My comment is well, maybe it's both a comment and a question, and and. So often the so-called memory experts, all the advice that they give is visual, visual, visual. And some of us never had vision. And those don't help us at all. Um, but I guess that, that's sort of my comment. Um, one thing that I have real problems that with. That is very sometimes. correct. One thing I have real problems with is I try to associate uh, people with, you know, with their voices. Well, that's fine, except what do you do when you know several people whose voices are almost identical and one of them comes up and speaks to you and you're thinking, is that Jane or Julie? You know, they, they have such similar voices. And then if it's a person you haven't seen in a long time, especially with the pandemic that's been going on, and I'm just beginning to go more places now, get out more. Uh, and there were people, I was in a group the other day, and there were people who were talking, and I'm thinking, okay, I know who that is. I recognize his voice, but I couldn't remember his name. So... That's one of the uh, problems that I have. And then I guess the, the big question is, and I'm not just thinking myself, I'm thinking loved ones, I'm thinking friends, I'm thinking what have you. When do you know at, at what point if people seem to be having a little difficulty with memory, at what point do you start uh, thinking in terms of, okay, is, is this just normal or is this the beginning of dementia? Not that you wish it on anyone, but if I saw that in a loved one, at, at what, are there any just real telltale signs that, okay, this is not just normal, um, difficulty with memory. This is the beginning of something much more sinister. Okay. Let me speak first to your first comment about, and that's one of the reasons that I said, um, if you're trying to think of a baker, think of the smell. Use (laughs) whatever senses you have. Uh Smell, touch, um, to make those associations. What's you could you could imagine the person 
uh, beating the bread, making a sound, in other words, kneading it yeah. or something, uh, or the smell of it or the taste of it, or, you know, use, use your different senses, because I know exactly what you're saying, that usually the emphasis is, is on visual stuff when they talk about that. That's exactly right. I've noticed that too. So I wanted, that's why I wanted to emphasize that this evening. Now, as far as when, when you tell if someone is having more than normal memory issues, it's kind of difficult, but there are some things. For example, we all forget where we put Let's say our phones. Where on earth did I put it? You know, you put it several places and one of those, that's okay. That's normal. But if, for example, the person finds their phone in the refrigerator, (laughs) that's that's when people do that. That's sort of getting to the weird Mm -hmm. situation. Another kind of sign that sometimes happens is, People will forget procedures that they have known for a long time. I have a friend who is having some dementia issues. And I remember her saying about a year or so ago, she did quilting for many years. And she said, I forgot how to do that procedure of quilting. And she herself was concerned about Uh it. But when you start forgetting things and sort of odd things, uh, then it's time to start worrying. Most people worry too much. Of, oh, yeah. I mean, because as I say, forgetting is normal. And as we get older, we are going to forget more. And as you get older also, it's harder to operate if there are distractions. Mm-hmm. And, and it's harder if there are too many things going on. You can't I find it harder to multitask. Not that anybody apparently can really multitask because what you're really doing when you multitask is to pay attention to one thing and then the next and then the first and then the second. But as we get older, it gets, things get complicated. You, You feel that things are more complicated and you need, you feel like you need to simplify things to some extent. Yeah. So, you know, try not to worry, because if you stress out (laughs) about memory, that actually isn't good for you. (laughs) Got you. Yeah. I call it information overload. uh, Yeah, that's what it is. When you're trying to do too much. Right. That's right. And so it's time to back off and and do a little less. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Great, great, great presentation. Okay. Another question. Yes. Beth. Beth, you may unmute again. Um, Two questions for you. Why does deja vu happen that you were so sure you did something before, but yet you you somehow know you haven't? And also, are dreams a part of um, memory? Uh, Yes, dreams are. We, we don't completely understand dreams, but they are certainly, first of all, they're, they're related to what happened in the day. And we think that they are somehow related to memory consolidation. But, you know, part of it, it's kind of hard to study dreams completely because we're all asleep when they happen. But, but 
we've learned a lot about them. And during the time when you're dreaming, your memories are being consolidated. Um, and now, when you ask the other question, uh, what I explain that a little more, what you mean by that? Basically, like if, if, if you've done something or if something happens and you like, oh, I've, done, I've had this experience before, when you know you haven't. You, you know you haven't. Yeah, and but it seems like, oh, I've done this before. Oh, you mean like deja Yeah, like deja vu. Deja vu, maybe. Yeah, and or also I was going to ask you about dreams. If, there, if dreams are a part of, your, of what happens during the day, then why sometimes do you dream of dead relatives? But, of course, you see them the way they were when they were alive. Mm-hmm. Well, they're part of your memory. And dreams are, I mean, there's, there's a variety of things that dreams are. There, sometimes it, it is that you're trying to work something out in your dreams, or you're expressing some anxieties in your dreams. Um, for example, I used to have dreams, you know, you, some of us have repeated dreams. And I used to have certain dream that my house was on fire the house that I grew up in, and that nobody noticed it but me, and I was trying to put out all these fires. But I would have that dream at times when I felt anxious during the day. And so somehow your, your relatives are either related to anxiety or comfort or sadness or something that's going on, that you're, that you're recalling them and dreaming about them. I don't know. We would have to talk more about what that is. But it's somehow mm, related okay. to what's going on now. They're somehow emotionally related to what's going on in the present. Okay. <laughs> and then that other question about danger. And emotions play a big part in our memories. Okay, you were talking over each other. Um, Sorry. It's okay. She, it's what's happening with the pauses. Go ahead, Beth. No, I would just... So dreams play a big part in what? Dreams are related to the emotions that you are feeling during the day. So if you okay. are anxious about something, or you may have a dream about some relative that for some reason is related to that, to something in the past that relates to anxiety or perhaps maybe comfort from that relative or sadness or something. There, there is a relationship between what you dream about and the emotions or problems that you're having during the present day. It isn't oh, always okay. clear what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have no more hands right now. Okay. All right. Well, let me talk a little about the fact of how stress is related to your memories. If you have acute stress, like something is really like, you know, you're, you're part of a bank robbery or something, you're likely to remember that incident, but you're likely not to remember accurately all the details of that incident. But if you are living with chronic stress, 
that really can interfere with your memory over time. And I bring that up because it's important if you want your memory to be to last and to be good to try to uh, as much as you can to decrease your chronic stress. Now, none of us can decrease all our stress. We live in a pandemic. We have world events. We have personal events. We have everything going on. But to the extent to try to decrease your stress, and one of the reasons to do that is that it's going to affect your memory because as we get older, this part of our memory where we store things at the beginning, at least, our hippocampus gets smaller as we get older, and it gets smaller if you live with chronic stress. And interestingly enough, people who meditate like about half an hour a day or something, they did an experiment and they found out that those people's hippocampuses, hippocampi, increased in size over time if they meditated and had low stress. And that's something that you definitely want if you, if you want good memory. Another thing that is really very important is sleep. It's important that we get seven or eight hours of sleep a night. People, the, people back in the 1940s, for example, slept much more than we sleep today. Because probably because we have all these, uh, you know, computers and iPhones and so forth, and we can stay up half the night listening to things and watching things if you can see them, and uh, not sleeping enough. And a lot of people are proud that they don't need much sleep. Oh, I only need five hours of sleep. Well, that is not good long term for your memory to sleep less. I know it's it's uh, you you'd love to sleep less so that you can do more, get more in during the day, but actually it's bad for you in the short run and in the long run if you don't get enough sleep at night. I don't know. Maybe we should do a program on sleep sometime because I I was thinking it might be interesting for you to do a I know program a lot on of people. I was thinking it might be in- and also, pardon? Yeah, I was thinking right. it might be interesting and also. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was thinking it might be interesting to do a program on stress management sometime. That that might be a good thing to do. Oh, that would be a good thing. And right. you have two hands. Okay. Um, Pam Coffee. Yeah, I have one more question. And that is, okay, when I was very young, like teens, uh, and maybe even early 20s or what have you, nearly every night, I well, when waking up in the morning, I would remember what I had dreamed about that night, and even kept sort of a a diary. And as I've gotten older, I very seldom remember my dreams. Um, and sometimes I think that's probably a good thing. But uh, <laughs> what could what would cause uh, or do we know as people get older why uh, we might not remember our dreams? Why why they stop remembering? Yes, why like 
I'll go weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and not remember any of my dreams, you know, that, that I had during the night. Just occasionally I'll wake up and there's one that's especially vivid and I'll remember that one. But most nights now, I couldn't even tell you what I dreamed about. Well, I don't really know the answer to that. What I do know is that it depends if you remember what you dream. It has to do partly with where in your sleep cycle you are waking up. If you're waking up while you're having that dream, you're Mm -hmm. more likely to remember it. But if you you know, keep sleeping after your dream is over, then you're less likely to remember it. Oh, okay. All right, you asked me to let you know when you were getting close. It is um, 58 past the hour, and you have one more hand. Let's take the one more hand. Excuse, excuse me for one second. You've, you've also had one comment in chat um, okay. about supplements, oh. and I didn't know if Restorio wants to uh, maybe unmute and let you and speak the comment that's in the chat. I have arthritis and memory problems. Also with the GMO foods makes it even harder to get enough of the nutrients in a regular diet. This is where good supplements come into play. Uh-huh. I just uh-huh. thought I'd just pass that along. Right. Well, I mean, that's a whole other topic is nutrition. I mean, that's a big topic. And, uh, you know, lots of people do have both arthritis and memory issues. And, you know, I I don't have time to go into nutrition, but I think everybody has to decide what supplements they want to take. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's there available and you know, everybody's biology is different also. So remember that. Um, if you want, we can I go have, ahead and take I, this other hand. Okay, let's take the last hand. So, Sandy, you can unmute. Oh, I, I thank you very much. I had it just maybe when you were talking about sleep and how important it is and, you know, how it kind of repairs our brains and stuff. I have a problem that I don't sleep a consistent like seven, eight hours. I seem to get up like to go to the bathroom or something. And when I go back, I can't go right back to sleep. So it's broken up. And I'm wondering if that's detrimental, I guess. To for memory loss. I was wondering if you knew anything about that. Well, th- I think that um, that falls into the category of difficulties with sleep. And certainly if you are getting in total seven or eight hours of sleep, you're doing pretty well. I, I don't know how many hours you're sleeping. Um, so that's more it than if you happen to wake up and go back to sleep. We go through certain sleep, a certain sleep cycle where we go into lighter and, and uh, heavier sleep. And we tend to wake up between those cycles when it gets lighter. But as you get older, or even a lot of younger people wake up in the middle of the night. That's, that's a whole other subject. But, you know, try to get Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis.
Sure. That's your, that's your last hand. And we forgot to do the disclaimer that you're not, we're not giving professional. Um, um, mm. I, I, right, Terry, right, you know right. what I'm talking about. I mean, about. this is, I'm not acting. Yeah. Like, right, right. Yeah, this, well, it's this, not this, a therapy basic, group or anything. Right. It's, this is a peer support. Yes, okay. this is a peer support group. Right. And thank you for all coming. And thank you for your questions and comments. And good night.